Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Hello. Regular listeners will quickly realize that I am dealing with a minor medical issue that is impacting my speech, so I apologize at the beginning of this program if my enunciation is not as clear as it normally would be. I appreciate you joining us for this week's edition of the Albany Update. Governor Kathy Hochul came out swinging against a new abortion bill in Texas. In doing so, she made it clear that she is fully committed to the same abortion-expanding agenda as her predecessor, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Then, in a cost-saving initiative, the state is considering forcing parents of some special-needs adults to make a difficult decision. Move your kids to a fenced-in, isolated facility in the northern part of the state, or lose funding for their care. Third, in today's program, we'll provide an update on recent legal action regarding state vaccine and mask mandates. Finally, State Senator George Borrello is asking the state to offer localities more time to opt out of allowing marijuana dispensaries in their neighborhoods. Let's get started. After Governor Kathy Hochul took office as governor of New York on August 24th, we described her as a politician who lacks strong principles and is willing to evolve on issues to facilitate her own advancement. When it comes to abortion, however, Governor Hochul has been consistent. Sadly, she has been consistently wrong. Worse yet, since the Pro-Life Texas Heartbeat Act went into effect, Governor Hochul has emerged as a strident, impassioned pro-abortion voice who wants to make New York's abortion policies even more extreme and outrageous than they already are. On September 9th, Governor Hochul appeared at a rally in Brooklyn to protest the Texas heartbeat law. The rally was also attended by New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, Brooklyn Borough President and 2021 mayoral candidate Eric Adams, and New York City Public Advocate Jumani Williams. The governor lashed out at the Texas law asserting that she would help lead the nation in fighting against it. Governor Hochul added that years ago, she had no idea that all these years later, we'd be fighting the same fight that Grandma and my mom fought, or that her daughter's rights would be threatened by crazy people in places like Texas. Becoming even more inflamed, the governor added, we have to stand together and let people know that there is a reason why we feel we should be the sanctuary for people across this nation whose rights are attacked whether it's Texas or anywhere else, because in 1886, they erected a beautiful woman in our harbor with her hand held high with a torch in it, a beacon of hope for people who are oppressed. We have oppression going on in our country when people are trying to tell women what to do with their own bodies. It stops here in New York. Let's take this battle all across the nation. New Yorkers are used to hearing offensive and objectionable rhetoric from governors concerning abortion. Back in 2013, Governor Andrew Cuomo used his State of the State address to call for the passage of abortion-expanding legislation, bellowing because it's her body, it's her choice. The following year, Governor Cuomo made headlines for declaring that so-called extreme conservatives had no place in the state of New York. Governor Hochul's remarks on September 9th are just more of the same. At a September 13th event in Manhattan Central Park, Governor Kathy Hochul laid out her agenda for advancing abortion access in the Empire State and tying up loose ends contained in the 2019 abortion expansion law known as the Reproductive Health Act, or the RHA. That agenda, 
includes causing state agencies to conduct an education campaign about abortion access, complete with a patient's bill of rights to be distributed at doctors' offices and health clinics. Directing the Department of Health to put forth a guidance document created by abortion experts. Making sure that telehealth services can be used to facilitate pill abortions. And clarifying the full scope of individual provider discretion under the Reproductive Health Act. This language is particularly ominous. It hints that the Hochul administration may issue regulations allowing non-physicians to perform abortions in New York. Language in the RHA opened the door to such regulations. Governor Hochul also expressed support for Senate Bill 758 and Assembly 1926, which would create an abortion access fund to which taxpayers would have the opportunity to donate. At a previous event on September 9th, Governor Hochul used inflammatory and misleading rhetoric in discussing abortion. Her September 13th remarks were similarly problematic. Describing the Texas heartbeat law as grotesquely unfair, the governor asserted that extremists must be prevented from taking women's rights away. Governor Hochul also expressed a desire to make New York a safe harbor for abortion-minded women from other states. Kathleen Gallagher, director of pro-life activities for the New York State Catholic Conference, was incredulous. Is there anybody in this country that doesn't know that New York is the abortion capital of the world already. In a move that has disturbing free speech implications, Governor Hochul has written to Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook to ask him to curb the spread of misinformation about abortion laws and policies. In her letter, the governor asserted, without offering a specific instance, that Facebook is replete with false claims about abortion procedures and reproductive health legislation. Governor Hochul added that the goal behind these posts is clear, to sow fear, confusion, and shame, and to advance an agenda to control women's bodies. Demonstrating a commitment to using transgender-friendly terminology, the governor concluded by stating that New York is leading the fight to ensure that every woman and birthing person has access to abortion care. Throughout his ten-and-a-half-year stint as governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo demonstrated his unyielding commitment to abortion. Based on Governor Hochul's words and actions over the past few weeks, it is possible that she is even more zealous about abortion access than he was. Friends, we have a new battle on our hands. Next, Assemblymember Andrew Hevesy, a Democrat from Queens, and other lawmakers have recently written to Governor Kathy Hochul to ask that she change a state policy relating to the placement of young adults with disabilities who need residential care. According to the Albany Times Union, some parents of adult children with autism and other disabilities are being forced by a state agency to choose between sending their child to a fenced-in institutional facility in a remote location or potentially losing state funding for their children's care. The New York State Office for People with Developmental Disabilities has reportedly informed parents of disabled children who are nearing the age of 21 that their out-of-state school funding is ending. Parents in that situation are often left with only one option for government-funded care, placing their adult children in the Sunmount facility in Franklin County. Sunmount has been described as a remote and prison-like facility that apparently houses individuals convicted of crimes such as child sexual abuse, 
or those who have been deemed incompetent to stand trial. The policy appears to be a cost-saving measure. Assemblymember Hevesy and his colleagues contend that this policy may be unlawful. According to the Assemblyman, we're hurting families in the short term. In the longer term, these individuals, some of them are going to regress and need more expensive services. None of this makes sense. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms agrees with Assemblymember Hevesy. We urge Governor Hochul to review this policy and to provide appropriate placement options for disabled adults. Then, here in New York, lawsuits have been filed to challenge some of the COVID-19-related governmental mandates relating to vaccinations and masking. Thus far, those lawsuits have had mixed results. Seventeen Christian healthcare workers, represented by the Thomas More Society, filed a federal lawsuit against Governor Kathy Hochul and other government officials to block the state mandate requiring healthcare workers to receive COVID-19 vaccinations. The mandate contains no religious exemption. The lawsuit contends that the lack of such an exemption violates the Supremacy Clause and the Free Exercise Clause of the U.S. Constitution. On September 14th, Judge David Hurd of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of New York issued a temporary restraining order blocking enforcement of the vaccination mandate against healthcare workers with religious objections to COVID-19 vaccination. Judge Hurd's decision is not the final word in this case, but it is an encouraging first step. In the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York, a judge hearing a similar case has reached a different initial conclusion. On September 12th, Judge William F. Kuntz II declined to block enforcement of the vaccination mandate against healthcare workers. The three Christian plaintiffs in that lawsuit plan to appeal. And as we noted last week, Christian Central Academy in Williamsville, New York, sued the state of New York and Erie County to block the enforcement of the state's school mask mandate. The lawsuit was filed in the Supreme Court, Erie County. CCA has argued that there is no statutory authority for the mandate, and that a school mask mandate would only be binding upon non-public schools if enacted by the legislature. In response, the state of New York argued that the Department of Health had broad authority to deal with any matters affecting the security of life or health, or the preservation and improvement of public health. On September 14th, Justice E. Jeanette Ogden denied CCA's request for a preliminary injunction barring enforcement of the mandate. The next court date in the case has been scheduled for October 1. President Joe Biden's recent order that the U.S. Department of Labor make mandatory vaccination rules for large employers is likely to lead to more litigation. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms continues to call upon the state of New York to allow for religious exemptions to COVID-19 mandates and to refrain from entangling itself in the operations of Christian schools. Furthermore, the executive branch of our state government should not exceed its authority, but should leave COVID-19 policymaking to the legislature. And finally, the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, or MURDA, passed in New York in March of this year, legalized the sale and consumption of recreational marijuana and laid the groundwork for a complex system by which state government could potentially profit from the sale of this dangerous drug. While the passage of the MURDA was deeply misguided, the legislation offered New York's municipalities one crumb of comfort by allowing them to opt out of certain provisions of the law. Specifically, 
The MRTA allows municipalities to opt out of allowing recreational marijuana dispensaries to open within their borders. It also lets municipalities ban marijuana lounges or other establishments at which recreational marijuana may be consumed. The MRTA contains a December 31, 2021 deadline for municipalities to opt out of either of these provisions. Senator George Borrello has introduced a bill, Senate 7369, that would extend the MRTA's opt-out deadline to December 31, 2022. The senator has stated that local officials have expressed great frustration about the incomplete information they have received from the state about the implementation of the MRTA. According to Senator Borrello, local elected officials are being asked to make important decisions with zero information. It is unfair of the state to maintain the original deadline when implementation of the law is at least six months behind. At New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, we would prefer that the legislature recognize the error of its ways and repeal the murder altogether. Failing that, it makes sense to give cities, towns, and villages additional time so that they can make informed decisions about whether to opt out of any provision of the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act. And as I close today's program, let me again say I thank you for putting up with me and my poor enunciation as I work through this minor medical issue. I also appreciate your prayers for a full and speedy recovery. Thank you for lifting up this ministry in your daily prayer life. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.